Remember the 90s, when MTV still played music videos, when people still bought physical copies of albums, and when legendary musicians like Kurt Cobain and Dimebag Daryl still walked the earth? Well, now you can once again relive that decade every week on KBGA because your favorite 90s radio show, Sounds Like Teen Spirit, is back and better than ever. It's still the best show on KBGA to hear artists like Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Sublime, Megadeth, Primus, and more. Again, that's Sounds Like Teen Spirit, now on Sundays from 8 to 10 p.m., only on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. this program with True North off their 2013 album of the same name. Welcome to the award-winning Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. I'm your cockamamie host, Ian. This episode is crammed with music from the likes of Skin Yard, Lenny Kravitz, White Zombie, Toad the Wet Sprocket, Lush, Modest Mouse, Anthrax, Spin Doctors, Green Day, and Method Man and Red Man. Plus, I'm going to be playing a song apiece from the new Teenage Fan Club album, Endless Arcade, released on April 30th, the new Weezer album, Van Weezer, and the new Mighty Mighty Boss Tones album, When God Was Great, both released on May 7th, and the new Monster Magnet Covers album, A Better Dystopia, and new Counting Crows EP, Butter Miracle Sweet One, both released on May 21st. I'll start with Teenage Fan Club. It is always a challenge for bands trying to forge ahead in the wake of a beloved long-term member's departure. In the case of Scottish alt-rock stalwarts Teenage Fan Club, that member is founding bassist slash co-vocalist slash co-songwriter Gerard Love, who left the band in 2018 after almost three full decades of service. By Love's account, his split was a mutual decision between both parties 
with the band making ambitious plans for extensive globe-hopping tours and Love being reluctant to participate due to his well-documented fear of flying. Nonetheless, Love was a close friend to the other founding members and a rather central component to the band, as you may have surmised from all the qualifiers I put in front of his name a bit earlier, so his bandmates undoubtedly hated to see him go. In place of Love, longtime keyboardist Dave McGowan was promoted to bassist, and Welsh musician Euros Childs, best known as the frontman for Gorky's Zygotic Mincy, was hired to fill the open keyboard slot. The first album recorded by this new iteration of Teenage Fan Club, Endless Arcade, was released late last month after a number of delays, and Gerard Love's absence casts a haunting shadow over the entire affair. This is felt in the album's lyrics, which recurringly touch on themes of change, loss, and longing, and although Teenage Fan Club are no strangers to melancholy, this time it feels like it's coming from a specific, well-defined place. Ultimately, though, Love's absence is most strongly felt in the album's vocals. Love used to share lead vocal duties with founding guitarists Norman Blake and Raymond McGinley, and with him gone, Blake and McGinley are now covering lead vocals on their own, with the other members sometimes providing backing vocals, if anything. Perhaps it's because they clearly miss their friend, and perhaps because there's noticeably one less voice joining in on the harmonies, but Blake and McGinley have never sounded so lonely before. Endless Arcade is unmistakably the work of a band that's wounded but still trying to move forward, reaching an unprecedented level of poignancy for Teenage Fan Club. The album kicks off with its second single, Home, which was originally released in November 2020. It's a very solid semi-ballad and definitely one of the album's standouts, though admittedly the full seven-minute album version of the song wears out its welcome a bit. The four-minute single edit we got late last year consisted of two verses and two choruses, a brief guitar solo, a third chorus, and then an outro solo fading out over the final minute. On the album version, that outro solo is extended by three more minutes, and it doesn't go anywhere new or interesting in that time and ultimately feels padded out. I was ready for the second song to start well before it was over. Home is followed up by the album's title track, a satisfying throwback to the band's early to mid-90s heyday, which is then followed by Warm Embrace, a lively two-minute slab of power pop that sorta evokes Guided by Voices. That one is followed by the album's lead single, Everything is Falling Apart, originally released more than two years ago. It's probably the best song on the entire album, if not at least in the running for the top spot. The next song is the album's final pre-release single and first proper ballad, The Sun Won't Shine On Me, a lush and enchanting number with shades of Wilco and Velvet Underground. So far, Endless Arcade is off to a pretty strong start. Alas, from that point onward, the album becomes repetitive and forgettable. In fact, some of those later songs actually do sound like less impressive versions of earlier ones. I tried revisiting most of those tracks on a standalone basis to see if that would help them, but still, almost none of them made much of an impression on me. It's a shame the album couldn't keep up its momentum for the entire duration, because those first five tracks would have made for a pretty killer EP. Overall, Endless Arcade is another decent outing for Teenage Fan Club, even if a good chunk of it feels inessential. 
Alright, this next song I'm going to play is one of the strongest songs on Endless Arcade, the album's title track. Enjoy!
portion of KBGA is brought to you by Imagination Brewing Company. By supporting over 1,700 community events in its educational center, Imagination brews handcrafted beer to make a positive impact on Missoula and beyond. For more information about what's on tap, weekly live music offerings, or to reserve the center, call 406-926-1251 or visit imaginationbrewing.com.
Traces of lipstick on my collar Maybe you gotta do some more to get the flash dollar Hotter than lava when you go believe that I'm a follower Lady Madonna like to drink but she don't like to swallow Rockin' that Prada, honey, stay up in the beauty parlor Girl, it would be my honor, make you my baby mama Holla, she hella proper, up with it, dumb and cousin Up for loving, buggin', shuckin' and duckin', buckin' Up and then finger, here, let me show you something. I knock the stuffin' off that English muffin Can't tell me nothing. uh-uh Pushin' your panic button when I'm stuckin' All of a sudden, baby, conduckin' Ooh, girl, you nasty I get it on popping, dot. Unlocking your doors, clocking my drawer, socking your mouth with a torn stocking. Wrapped around and knock it. I creepin' while you park it. Shoot out the lights, darken. The area then hoppin'. Pick up my biggest wiggin' who helped me figure the plotting. Dropping the top, splitting the dough, shopping and rotting. New York, birds flocking because I'm heavy like bull stocking. Coat, what's your coat from full sparking? Dilly departing, ziggin'. Unforgettable, can't be forgotten. Docking meth album and turn the top ten. Chopping the raw, locking the blocking. Only raw chopping is metaphor, so cops can stop watching. Put them in and I'm ready to rock them, sock them, renovate your apartment when these two things parking. My knock of Michi knocking, bougie hoes be spotting on their tampons. I get them bitches like leaky faucets. Now who a bitch? Now who a snitch? Who the bitch? Now who the shit? Now who you with? With who you with? Who rock? Who pop? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Ain't as big as your mouth, my street value will it won't even fit in your couch. When a bus deep come out, no matter what city hall or committees, dumb the fuck out. Send this shit out. Nothing to lose, pumping it too, up in your goose. Buckle your shoes, scuffle my boots, went up with you. Blow my anaconda like Nirvana, marijuana, got this nips on their knees and their gabanas. Getting them dirty, dirty with the Hershey and them bombing. Holler the drama, fire two in your armor. Your pigeon better karma, the ice is an honor. Twin help me lift her arm up, La Baba with your mama, even dirty Hadana. My dick is aeronomic. Out of your Gerana, Mo, BBC, girl, you nasty. Itching to start the mission. Flipping, so keep your distance. Ain't got no pot to sip in. Ain't got no competition. Listen, I slip the clipping. Tripping, you get me lipping. Come to catch a whipping. Now kids is acting different. Ditching them double dipping. Chickens that keep forgetting. I ain't the one for tricking on anybody kitten. Ripping these compositions. Scripting the paper written. Holding and hitting, sticking. Balling like Scotty Pippen. It's hot in hell's kitchen. But still I'm frostbitten. Itching like, no, we didn't. Wiping my ass and splitting. Jetting like Joan getting. All in the zone. Setting it off like Big Daddy And ain't no half-stepping I keep reppin', statin', you keep sweatin' Threatin' and ass-bettin' Duckin' my Smith and Wesson Dressin' the meth and catchin' Hell, we'll leave you restin' in peace BBC! Ooh, girl, you nasty Yo, Now who the bitch? Uh, now who the snitch? Uh, uh, now who the bitch? Uh, uh, now who the sick? Uh, uh, now who you with? Uh, uh, with who you with? Uh, uh, who rock? Uh, who pop? Uh, it's sluggin' uh, Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on!
Slater Kinney with All Hands on the Bad One, off their 2000 album of the same name. Slater Kinney is getting ready to release another album soon. The album will be titled Path of Wellness, and it's scheduled for release on June 11th. This will be the first Slater Kinney album in a little under two years, following The Center Won't Hold from August 2019. That's the quickest turnaround between Slater-Kinney albums since the turn of the century. The quick turnaround is even more surprising when you consider that the band still hasn't found a replacement for longtime drummer Janet Weiss, who left in 2019 shortly after recording wrapped on The Center Won't Hold. To take care of the drumming on the new album, remaining members Corinne Tucker and Carrie Brownstein reportedly invited a series of local musicians into the studio when they were recording in Portland last summer. Thus far, two singles from Path of Wellness have been released. The lead single, Worry With You, was issued in tandem with the album announcement a few weeks ago, and a second single, titled High in the Grass, came out last Wednesday. After heading into a more pop and electronica-infused direction under St. Vincent's production on The Center Won't Hold, Slater Kinney are apparently shifting back to straight-up indie rock, on top of self-producing now. The two new singles are a bit more laid-back and funky than the typical Slater Kinney song, with High in the Grass also dabbling in psychedelia, but they sound more like Slater Kinney than anything off their previous album. Both singles were accompanied by a music video. The Worry With You video depicts a day in the life of a mismatched yet functional lesbian couple, with Tucker and Brownstein sometimes appearing on a TV in their apartment. And the High in the Grass video consists of surreal, kaleidoscopic imagery of people being, well, high in the grass. You know, I wonder how Janet Weiss feels about the new Slater-Kinney songs being a return to form considering that her departure was over her dislike of the band's new direction on The Center Won't Hold and the lack of creative input said direction required of her. Come to think of it, when you couple Slater Kinney's rapid course correction with the fact that they still haven't hired a new drummer, this could all be a calculated attempt by Tucker and Brownstein to entice Weiss back into the band. FYI, Slater Kinney will be playing the Kettle House Amphitheater on August 7th as part of a co-headlining tour with Wilco, who are apparently using this show to make up their cancelled one at the Wilma from the onset of the pandemic. Unless Weiss ends up rejoining Slater Kinney over the next couple months, it looks like the drummer for this show will be Angie Boylan, the band's touring drummer since 2019. Tickets for Slater, Kinney, and Wilco can be purchased at the Top Hat box office or online through eTix. And you can look forward to hearing me review and play from Path of Wellness on the next episode of Sounds Like Teen Spirit. Anyway, before Slater, Kinney, I played Y.O.U. by Method Man and Red Man off their 1999 album Blackout. Drone by Allison Chains off their 2018 album Rainier Fog and Supercharger Heaven by White Zombie, off their 1995 album, Astro Creep 2000. Once again, you're listening to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KVGA Missoula. To like this show on Facebook, go to facebook.com SLTS2, and to hear this and other episodes of the program after the broadcast, Go to kbga.org slash teen dash spirit. All right, 
Next, I'm going to be reviewing and playing a song from the new Weezer album, Van Weezer. Well, folks, here it is. The long-anticipated holy grail of modern Weezer albums. Although I hadn't really liked much of Weezer's output over the last five years, I was eagerly awaiting Van Weezer from the moment I first heard its lead single, The End of the Game, back in 2019. Weezer had been pursuing a more pop-oriented direction with their last few albums, which didn't really sit well with me, so the Eddie Van Halen-style shredding at the beginning of that single was just what I needed to hear to get myself to care about Weezer again. Van Weezer was conceived with big arena shows in mind, after Weezer was tapped to join the much-hyped Hella Mega Tour with Green Day and Fallout Boy, which still has yet to commence due to the pandemic mucking things up. Weezer had built up the album as the band's triumphant return to guitar-driven rock music, taking inspiration from hard rock and metal acts of the 70s and 80s like Kiss, ACDC, Black Sabbath, Metallica, and of course, Van Halen. When the Hella Mega Tour was delayed, the album was too, by almost a full year from its original release date. It was enough of a delay to enable another Weezer album, the much more intimate OK Human, to come out ahead of it in January. In my surprisingly favorable review of OK Human, which I felt found greater success emulating a much older style of pop, I jokingly remarked that I was worried it would end up being my favorite Weezer album of the year due to Van Weezer potentially buckling under lofty expectations. However, I didn't have to get very far into Van Weezer to know that there was no danger of that happening. It's not quite everything it was cracked up to be, but Van Weezer is pretty handily the best Weezer album since 2014. For most artists, best album in seven years wouldn't be that much of a feat, but Weezer had put out a whopping five albums in between Van Weezer and 2014's Everything Will Be Alright in the End, so for them it's saying something. Now to be clear, this album isn't exactly a return to form for Weezer. It's basically Weezer exploring yet another new direction, but one I'm certain would go over much better with their older fans. Sure, there are a couple songs on the album that strongly evoke early Weezer, such as its third single, The Beginning of the End, and the Buddy Holly-esque Sheila Can Do It, but the bulk of the album has more in common with the 70s and 80s rock bands that inspired it than it does with those first few Weezer albums. Those influences can be very easily detected all throughout Van Weezer. For instance, the aforementioned lead single, The End of the Game, sounds just like a mid-80s Van Halen rocker. The most recent single, I Need Some of That, channels the cars. The song, Blue Dream, creatively repurposes the riff from Ozzy Osbourne's Crazy Train. And the Metallica-inspired One More Hit is probably the first full-on metal Weezer song. There are a few songs on Van Weezer that incorporate pop elements from other recent Weezer albums, such as its second single, Hero, but those elements are used sparingly enough so as not to step all over the rock and roll. And then there's the closing track, Precious Metal Girl, an acoustic-driven ballad and the only such song on Van Weezer. This one is probably the album's single poppiest song, but it's a nice one to end on, and I don't feel like it undercuts all the rocking that came immediately before. Ultimately, Van Weezer is a very fleeting album, its ten songs barely lasting more than half an hour, and not every song on here is a home run, 
but it's still the most fun and satisfying Weezer album I've heard in quite some time. I mean, all it had to do to be superior to other recent Weezer albums was rock out just a little, but Bring the Rocket does. Alright, this next song is one of the album's more straightforward Weezer songs. This one is called She Needs Me. Enjoy! In this big bad world there's things I do When she needs help, I come through Sometimes she hands me a jar of jiff And I feel good when I open it Sugar when I'm 
listen, we don't need any fancy super duper promo. We don't need any of that. See here with KVGA, we're just a student run college radio station and we play music. It's pretty simple. That's it.
fighters with Making a Fire off their 2021 album Medicine at Midnight. The Foo Fighters have been announced as one of the inductees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Class of 2021, along with Tina Turner, Jay-Z, Carole King, The Go-Go's, and Todd Rundgren. You may recall that when I discussed the 2021 nominees in March, I told you I'd inevitably be talking about the Foo Fighters' induction in a couple months' time, and I really didn't feel particularly shrewd or observant in making that prediction. The Foo Fighters are undoubtedly one of the biggest rock bands to come out of the last 30 years, and they were certainly one of the more deserving nominees this year. In fact, the Foo Fighters are pretty much the only rock representation in the class of 2021. Tina Turner is predominantly an R&B singer, Jay-Z is of course hip-hop, Carole King is soft rock if anything rock, and the Go-Go's, despite being a five-piece band that primarily uses rock instruments, are really more of a pop act. However, I will concede that, having seen Todd Rundgren live, he actually rocks pretty hard, and he was a wise choice by the Rock Hall Committee. Unsurprisingly, Metal acts Iron Maiden and Rage Against the Machine were snubbed by the Rock Hall this year. I can't pretend to be surprised or phased by this, given the Rock Hall's well-established bias against metal, but that doesn't mean I can't continue to be baffled by it. What makes it baffling to me is that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame clearly has no qualms over inducting artists that technically aren't even rock and roll. Now for the record, I don't actually take issue with the Rock Hall inducting non-rock artists. As the University of Montana's much-championed History of Rock and Roll course has taught me, a genre doesn't necessarily have to fall under the rock and roll umbrella to be important to rock history. The course even has an entire chapter dedicated to hip-hop. But why honor all those other genres if you're going to overlook the much more rock-adjacent genre of heavy metal? So far, the only true metal acts currently adorning the Rock Hall's halls are Black Sabbath and Metallica. Geez, you'd at least think that Ozzy Osbourne would have been inducted as a solo artist by now. Maybe someday heavy metal will finally get its due in the Rock Hall, long after most of the icons behind it have died of old age. But hey, at least classic Aussie guitarist Randy Rhodes will be posthumously receiving a Musical Excellence Award from them this year. That's an encouraging sign, right? The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 2021 induction ceremony will be held on October 30th at Cleveland's Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, in person, but it will also be live-streaming on HBO and SiriusXM and later released on HBO Max. Anyway, before the Foo Fighters, I played P.S. by Toad the Wet Sprocket off their 1999 compilation P.S. A Toad Retrospective, Rock and Roll is Dead by Lenny Kravitz off his 1995 album Circus, and Good Friends and a Bottle of Pills by Pantera off their 1994 album Far Beyond Driven. You're still listening to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To like this show on Facebook, go to facebook.com SLTS2. And to hear this and other episodes of the program after the broadcast, go to kbga.org 
slash teen dash spirit. All right, next I'm going to be reviewing and playing a song from the new Mighty Mighty Boss Tones album, When God Was Great. As I was queuing up the new Boss Tones album in Spotify for the first time, I was initially taken aback when I realized it was almost a full hour long. A little over 58 and a half minutes to be precise, which is longer than any ska album needs to be. When God Was Great consists of 15 tracks, with only two that fall below the three minute mark. Two songs are around four and a half minutes, the closing track is nearly eight minutes, and the rest are all between three and four. While all that sounds awfully daunting on paper, listening to the album in full wasn't nearly the endurance test I feared it might be, though I still felt it could have stood to shed a few songs. The album is generally more ambitious and engaging than the previous Boss Tones album, 2018's While We're At It. Although most of the album's tracks follow the Boss Tones template of bouncy, reggae-infused ska, there are enough variations on the template to maintain one's interest. The album's title track, perhaps its biggest outlier, sounds like the opening to a rock opera that never was. Lonely Boy is pretty much a full-on reggae joint with an infectious sing-along chorus. The Truth Hurts incorporates modern pop sensibilities into the classic Boston sound and almost seems as if it was intended to be an eventual crossover hit. Certain Things and It Went Well have the Boston's dabbling in balladry and tackling more mature subject matter. Long As I Can See the Light is a Creedence Clearwater Revival cover, and although this version of the song sounds decidedly more upbeat than the somber 1970 original, it's still bluesier than the Boston's have ever sounded before. And then there's the epic 8-minute closing track, The Final Parade. In case you missed my discussion of the song a couple episodes ago, it's essentially a big ol' celebration of third wave ska, with guest vocals from Amy Interrupter of The Interrupters, Tim Armstrong of Rancid, and Angelo Moore of Fishbone, as well as additional contributions from members of numerous punk and ska acts like Suicide Machines, Less Than Jake, and The Aquabats. Although I previously lamented that the song was released early instead of saved for fans to discover at the end of the album, it nonetheless makes for a hell of an album closer even without the element of surprise. I was still eager to hear it again immediately after hearing the 50 plus minutes of album that precedes it, which is saying something both about the song and about the rest of the album. Ultimately, When God Was Great is unable to avoid moments of repetition and fatigue over the course of its bloated hour-long runtime, but nearly all of its 15 tracks do a pretty good job standing on their own. This is a stronger album than anyone has any right to expect from a near 40-year-old ska band, and the obvious amount of effort and care that went into it are emblematic of a band that still loves what it does. Alright, this next song is the album's penultimate track, titled, I Don't Wanna Be You. Enjoy! Your followers, they all need to be counted Those numbers, they must somehow be displayed In this dire day and age, you get to create your own page That won't amount to too much, I'm afraid 
for protection, preservation, and prevention. You won't need too much more than just an ounce. That should go a long way, but you'll fail to mention. Words that you have heard but mispronounced. And when you feel like you are on your way to heaven, I have a feeling that might not be true. But there's a place for you. There's a Not be where you end up going
This is Silver Sprocket, host of Something Else, live every Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. right here on KBGA Missoula 89.9 FM. I feature avant-garde, electroacoustic, free jazz, and more creative music every week. You'll get to hear advanced new releases straight from the artists and record labels before anybody else and extensive interviews with the artists themselves. How about you give something else a try? Live every Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. on KBGA Missoula, 89.9 FM, and streaming at kbga.org.
Snake Roberts, who gives a damn about those call letters? KBGA, KGBA, whatever, it doesn't matter. You know where the music's at, don't you? Stupid. Let loose with your charms, go reckless, unharmed. We all sign the card. Get well, but don't you try to hop. The lessons are learned. Oh, this meeting is adjourned. All oh, these Western concerns. Hold my place in line while I get your turn. Oh, the empty balconies we serenade 
Bears must have a fleet of ride-along mowers Well, the novelist to my right's convinced that every woman's a whore But it bothers me time and again to set him up with my very best friends And I say, what? He says he doesn't restate, but he will not shut up Their 2015 album, Strangers to Ourselves. Modest Mouse recently announced a new studio album. The album is titled The Golden Casket and scheduled for release on June 25th. It'll be the first new Modest Mouse album in over six years. For most artists, six years is an awfully long time to wait for a new album, but considering we previously had to wait eight years between the last two Modest Mouse albums, a six-year wait is something of a relief coming from them. So far, two singles have been released from the album. The first, titled We Are Between, was issued in early May to coincide with the album announcement. This one starts out sounding a bit different, with guitar tones that are atypical of what we've come to expect from Isaac Brock. However, once Brock's vocals kick in, the song quickly reveals itself to be a very quintessential Modest Mouse tune, and a catchy one at that. The song has less in common with the previous Modest Mouse album, 2015's Strangers to Ourselves, than it does with the one before it, 
2007's We Were Dead Before the Ship Even Sank, and it actually would have sounded rather at home on that album. The second new Modest Mouse single is titled Leave a Light On, and it was released just last week along with the band's summer and fall tour dates. This single is more laid back than We Are Between, and unlike that one, it sounds like a natural progression from the stylings of Strangers to Ourselves. It's a very entrancing song. Together, these two singles offer a pretty strong first taste of the upcoming album, and I'm certain the best is still yet to come. I'll be sure to review and play from The Golden Casket on an upcoming episode of Sounds Like Teen Spirit, so keep checking in with me. Oh, and that touring announcement I alluded to a moment ago? It happens to include a stop in Missoula. Modest Mouse will be at the Kettle House Amphitheater on Tuesday, August 24th. This will be the band's first time playing the Kettle House, as most of their previous Missoula shows were at Big Sky Brewery. Tickets went on sale last Wednesday and can be purchased at the Top Hat box office or online through eTix. Anyway, before Modest Mouse, I played Baby Eyes by Green Day off their 2012 album Dos. Nothing by Anthrax off their 1995 album Stomp 442 and Psycho Rifle Power Hypnotized by Skinyard off their 1991 album 1000 Smiling Knuckles. You're still continuing to listen to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To like this show on Facebook, go to facebook.com slts2. And to hear this and other episodes of the program after the broadcast, go to kbga.org teen-spirit. Alright, next I'm going to review and play a song from the new Monster Magnet album, A Better Dystopia. When Monster Magnet were forced to cancel their touring plans last year, much like everyone else, the members opted to stave off Lockdown Madness by making what frontman Dave Windorf called a Bunker Record, a new album assembled entirely in-house, self-produced and recorded in current drummer Bob Pantella's home studio. However, Windorf was struggling to find the inspiration to write new songs, so he instead sought inspiration from the bands that shaped his youth, and lo and behold, we now have Monster Magnet's first ever covers album. A Better Dystopia. Unlike most covers albums, which tend to spotlight a grab bag of relatively well-known songs and artists, A Better Dystopia focuses that spotlight on a highly niche and long-forgotten musical subculture, the psychedelic rock and metal scene of the late 60s and early 70s. It is all but certain that most of you listening right now are largely unfamiliar with the songs covered on this disc. I will cop to the fact that not only did I not know any of the featured songs going into the album, but I hadn't even heard of most of the artists before either. For me, the first spin of A Better Dystopia was like hearing an album of Monster Magnet originals, and a particularly well-varied one at that, as each of the album's songs was of course written by a different artist. That's not at all a bad thing. In fact, this might be the rare covers album that works better the less familiar you are with the originals. Not because the covers miss the mark, but because all the songs chosen for the album are impeccably compatible with the band's signature style. You may not have heard of them before, but all you need to know is that these are the bands that made Monster Magnet. 
plain and simple. The album kicks off with The Diamond Mine, a musical cover of a monologue by obscure psych rock DJ Dave Diamond. This two-minute stream of consciousness is strictly an intro track, but it plays the part perfectly, with Windorf feverishly hyping up the remainder of the album like a whacked-out P.T. Barnum. The 12 tracks that follow pretty much all adhere to the theme of late 60s, early 70s psychedelia, with covers of artists like Hawkwind, Poobah, Dust, Jerusalem, The Scientists, and J.D. Blackfoot. Nearly all of the originals covered on the album were released between 1965 and 1975, and in fact, several of these artists haven't even been active since then. The album does break away from the theme in one instance with a cover of the song Motorcycle by the up-and-coming punk band Table Scraps, whose sound I could perhaps best describe as Ramones meets Eagles of Death Metal. The fact that they are the one exception to the rule clearly indicates that Dave Windorf sees something special in them, and if you go to the official Facebook page for Table Scraps and scroll through their last couple months of posts, you can see that the members are incredibly stoked over this honor and distinction. I thought it was nice seeing this fledgling band lifted up by the veterans in Monster Magnet, and their song is undoubtedly one of the standout tracks on the new album, while at the same time not feeling out of place amid its much older company. It's obvious that A Better Dystopia was curated with a lot of reverence and attention to detail for the genre-slash-period it's highlighting, and yet you don't need to be well-versed in any of it to appreciate it as a Monster Magnet album. However, I don't believe one can thoroughly and adequately review a covers album without that crucial frame of comparison, and so I made a point to check out most of the original tracks and compare them side by side with their covers. Monster Magnus versions are generally a bit heavier than the originals, but for the most part they didn't change much. All they're really doing here is just playing the songs but that's all they needed to do in order to make them their own, because as previously suggested, all of the songs on this disc lie firmly within Monster Magnet's wheelhouse. In fact, several of them essentially sound like Monster Magnet songs that came out 20 to 30 years early. These songs and artists fit Monster Magnet like a glove so much that you can often hear Monster Magnet's covers in your head as you listen to them, and you don't even need to have already heard the covers in order to do so. Overall, A Better Dystopia is a triumph of a covers album and a Monster Magnet album, and better yet, it just may spark an interest in a 50-year-old rock and roll subculture you never knew you loved. Alright, this next song is one of the more interesting tracks on the album. It's a cover of a band that's been known as Pentagram for most of their career, but they were called Macabre back in 1972 when they released the song in question. This song is titled Be Forewarned. Enjoy! As I awake in the darkness and I look around, there is no sound. It's so tranquil, it's so calm like you. Now I hear a noise. Is there any way out of this nightmare? I'm alone now And you're laughing at me But I take life In a way that you could never see So if you're leaving You better let me know Cause I've already started my plan And I'm never 
Zdravo, ja sam Dino iz Bosne, ponosne, a vi slušate KBG iz Ula Montana. Aj, uzdravlju. Cleopatra's favorite cat, got his hands on Caesar's spats, The heat was on as you could see, so he phoned on to Mark Anthony. Said my girlfriend's cat is smaller than me. My girlfriend's cat is smaller than me. Said Brutus had an awful clothes. Saw them spats, he said, I like those. Caesar had no thing to say. Said Jesu Christe Dominea. Et tutte, well, Jesu Christe Dominea Et tutte, well, the Senate tried to sympathize It was this cat they should despise And Father Taul is whereabouts uh, Centurion to seek him out Cleopatra's favorite cat Cleopatra's favorite cat Brutus had to turn his head When this cat done went and said If he's got this thing for shoes Said it just might be ambitious too
of which are American dreams. All of which are American dreams. All of which are American dreams. The newest, the hottest, the most overproduced crap you've ever heard. All on KBGA Missoula.
like you're my brother. Megadeth with 1,000 Times Goodbye off their 2001 album, The World Needs a Hero. Megadeth have just parted ways with founding bassist David Ellefson over a recent scandal. The scandal initially broke a few weeks ago after leaked screenshots and video footage showed Ellefson engaging in lewd sexual behavior on camera and conversing with a presumed underage girl, inviting accusations of grooming on Ellefson's part. Ellefson denied the allegations, attesting that the clips were taken out of context and that no underage parties were involved. More importantly, though, the girl Ellefson was communicating with came forward with a statement, identifying herself as the girl from the footage and claiming that she initiated the interactions between herself and Ellefson, that she was of the legal age of consent, and that nothing inappropriate happened between them before that age. All the same, Megadeth issued their own statement to assert that they were closely monitoring the Ellefson scandal as it developed while they deliberated over what to do about him. This past Monday, the band issued a follow-up statement announcing Ellefson's dismissal, which reads as follows. We are informing our fans that David Ellefson is no longer playing with Megadeth and that we are officially parting ways with him. We do not take this decision lightly. While we do not know every detail of what occurred, with an already strained relationship, what has already been revealed now is enough to make working together impossible moving forward. As previously mentioned, David Ellefson was a founding member of Megadeth and, along with frontman Dave Mustaine, was basically the only constant in Megadeth's ever-revolving lineup over the years. He's been out of the band before, though. Megadeth initially broke up in 2002 over an arm injury that left Mustaine unable to play guitar, and after a couple years worth of physical therapy and rehabilitation, Mustaine reformed Megadeth with a brand new lineup, leaving out Elveson over tensions within their friendship and creative partnership at the time. Ellison was eventually invited back to Megadeth in 2010, but by that point he had missed out on three of their albums. 2004's The System Has Failed, 2007's United Abominations, and 2009's Endgame. Megadeth have recently finished recording their first album since 2016, which is due to be released later this year and will presumably be the final Megadeth album to feature Ellefson, unless Mustaine decides to delay the album yet again in order to have Ellefson's bass parts re-recorded. Folks, I'm real disappointed that this scandal had to drive a wedge in Megadeth, considering that the only thing Ellefson had done wrong was cheat on his marriage. Don't take that the wrong way. It's still a very dishy thing to do, but it's not a crime, and it really ought to have been an issue between just he and his family and not between he and his band. However, the wording of Megadeth's statement seems to indicate that the decision to dismiss Ellefson was genuinely over personal disagreements, as opposed to just being a PR move. Ellefson was involved with Megadeth for so long that his relationship with Mustaine had to have run deeper than merely co-workers, and if Mustaine feels like he can no longer be friends with Ellefson in light of everything, well, then I have to respect Mustaine's decision. By the way, Ellefson declared a couple days after his firing that he will be seeking legal action against the leaker of the footage, supposedly a friend of the girl he cheated with, 
on the basis of revenge porn, which I had no idea was something you could actually be tried over in court. I will be sure to follow up this report if there are any significant new developments in the Ellison scandal to discuss, but I'm hoping the next time I talk about Megadeth will be to disclose the title and release date of the new album. We've been waiting for that info long enough, Dave. Anyway, before Megadeth, I played For Love by Lush off their 1992 album Spooky. Know Your Enemy by Rage Against the Machine off their 1992 self-titled and Cleopatra's Cat by The Spin Doctors off their 1994 album Turn It Upside Down. And that about wraps up a resplendent episode of Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. I have been your host, Ian. I'm closing out the show with a song off the new Counting Crows EP, Butter Miracle Sweet One. What's that? You didn't know there was a new Counting Crows EP? Don't sweat it, neither did I until shortly before the premiere of this episode. I kind of stopped paying attention to Counting Crows, as they haven't demonstrated much activity in a while. Their last album, Somewhere Under Wonderland, was released in 2014, and this EP represents their first new music since then. As the Sweet One in the EP's title implies, there will eventually be a follow-up EP titled Butter Miracle Sweet 2, and together those two EPs will form the new Counting Crows album, Butter Miracle. As for when we can expect the second EP, well, frontman Adam Duritz recently confirmed that he's writing it now, so probably not anytime soon. In the meantime, there's Sweet One, which consists of four tracks totaling a little over 19 minutes, and they are all quite good. In fact, I felt that each song on the EP was even better than the last. These songs sound very much like the Counting Crows you remember from their 90s heyday, but also new somehow. Like Duritz has been thoroughly reinvigorated. Butter Miracle Sweet One does a hell of a job demonstrating not only that Counting Crows are still a thing, but that they're still very much the thing they've always been. I eagerly await Sweet Two. Alright. The closing song for this episode is also the closing song for the EP, Bobby and the Rat Kings. I think it might have been intended as a companion to Benny and the Jets. Well, toodles! Kid pushing buttons when I wanna go home. My generation hasn't even got a name of its own. We just buy what the TV sells, and almost never stop wishing we were somebody else. But tonight in the dark, I can be myself. When Bobby and the Rat King come to play, we'll make them stay. We'll make them play. Play till the stars all fade We'll make them stay till dawn Make them play all night till the light Like we never see nothing Like we'll never see anybody ever again When the Rat Kings go away We'll never be the same See, tried to edit, read it Instead it said it had eaten her phone 
She goes from tinder to sinner till she remembers she's a flame of her own. You can almost lose your heart, hoping for something better till it tears you apart. While the days get longer and this night won't start, but when Bobby and the Rat Kings come to play, we'll make them stay. We'll make them play, I'll play till the stars all fade We'll make them stay till dawn Make them play all night till the light Like we never see nothing Like we'll never see anybody ever again And when the Rat Kings go away We'll never be the same Says he's trying to make it back to the city by 10 And mice on his bike with a motor running I told him trains were running all night right then In the moonlit town after the bridge fell down There were fires and we lost some power So we all dressed up for the ramble And ran those streets long past the witching hour I saw Dorothy in track Taking the Tin Man for a ride And then Z the Cat said she knew where to go Then she kissed me without a thought Said sometimes memories are all that we Come on, boy, let's make some at the show. So there's some leather wrap fender strap kid with a pick finger twitch. He's got a recipe for radio rain, don't know which. In the shadows when the lights are doused, Flare while they twist and shout with the sparks in the dark. Oh, that'll never go out. So Bobby and the Rat Kings come to play. We'll make them stay. We'll make them play. I'll play till the stars all fade. We'll make them stay till dawn. Yeah.